0: boom boom everybody say wayo hey everybody welcome uh i have a special episode for you today my name is dan whitehead of course and this is my podcast life too seriously um coming at you with another episode this is episode eight something i should know information i should know but I, i here you ready for the for the greg shout out playing your bingo uh when we used to do geek cast the podcast uh he never knew what episode we were on and he always introduced the episode and i just always never understood it's like isn't that your job you're uh supposed to know what episode we're on but hey i don't make the rules right anyway uh just gonna do a quick intro um first off uh a quick birthday shout out to two people uh Two friends whom I got to chant the chance to work with uh, a couple years ago and remain friends with, um, and those are Naomi King and Megan Wren. Meg Wren, uh, both of them celebrating a birthday today. Uh, one twenty-four, one twenty-three. I'm sure they'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but big happy birthday to them! Shout out to them, and I hope they have a fantastic day. If they ever get to hear this, um, I'll probably let them. know how cool i am just kidding i will tell them but about the cool thing i was kidding um anyway uh this episode here today is another one from the archives uh why from the archives well because i wanted to give you a solid uh interview a solid conversation and i just didn't have a new one prepared Um, i'm working to have greg finally on the show um We were just speaking a couple days ago about my short, and then we, of course, got off on a tangent. And then we finished our phone conversation with saying how we wanted to do this. And we're going to, we're kind of setting ourselves up for a great conversation. So be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, this one uh, comes from my uh, close friend and uh, one of my lifelong friends to date, uh, Meg Murray, whom I've known since. I was probably five-ish. We used to walk to school together, well, up the street to the bus together, uh, on opposite sides. We weren't allowed to talk to one another in the morning. Uh, Her rules, not mine. And uh, we remain friends ever since, still friends to this day, do a lot of stuff together when we can find the time to meet up, Uh, and some other friends come along the way, and uh, we always have a good time. You'll probably hear it uh, in this interview how natural we just kind of... Go back and forth with one another. It's very uh, lighthearted and joking, but we also have a lot of good uh, conversational beats in there that I think you'll enjoy as well. I certainly did. Um, I cut it down from its original time just a little bit, just to kind of take out uh, me explaining some old things that aren't relevant anymore, and just things that were really kind of no longer, and um, in, maybe in the future, to the, at that point are now in the past, and it just didn't make sense the way we we're ex- speaking and explaining and. Yada, yada, yada. So I took some of that out, but for the most part, it's pretty, uh, pretty much unedited, um, exactly how it was. And, um, yeah, I think you're really going to like it. I, uh, I had a good time recording it. I had a good time listening to it back and I was laughing a lot during it. Um, it made me remember how fun, uh, how much fun we have, uh, when we're together and, and kind of, uh, feed off one another's positive energy and all that kind of stuff. We've always had this, like, um, uh, friendly bickery, bickering type of relationship that I just think uh, really kind of shines in this, and uh, in the in the best way possible, of course. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So, uh, without further ado, I will I'll uh, let you guys go and uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. <laughs> And um, there we go. Nice and loud. Um, I'd give you headphones, but I couldn't find the splitter. So you know. I'm offended. You can move this a little closer if you want. That's probably good. Is that good? Just like it's very directional.
1: Perfect. Is that good? Yeah, that's fine. Can you hear me now? Yes. Turn these fucking lights off.
0: Right there, that switch.
1: Give me a little ambiance.
0: Ah, That's we better. Yeah, nice. This is my mood lighting when I like to edit and stuff.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I can say dicks?
0: Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. There's, cool. There's no... <laughs> just out of I context. Do, I just
1: wanted to make sure I can say dicks if I want to. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the only word, though. I don't curse other than saying dicks.
0: Okay. You know, <laughs> I was genuinely surprised when I was watching Parks and Rec And they, like, Leslie was just like, he's a dick. And I was just like, can they say that on NBC? (laughs) Was it blurred out? Like, because I know they bleep out like the, like, fuck. Yeah. But dick, they were just like, no, it's cool. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's shocking to me. I know. You know what I realized yesterday or the day before, actually? I started watching Always Sunny again from the beginning because Christine wanted to start watching it. Mm -hmm. And it's the first episode when they're sitting outside of the coffee shop and Charlie says the N word. Okay. They don't bleep that out. No. But they don't say, they always bleep out the F word except for the Christmas episode. Like how did they not bleep that out? (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand.
0: Yeah. It's, it's weird like what they find like, Oh, this, this is offensive. Yeah. Like like,
1: we can't say fuck, but we'll say the N word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like, Did they get special permission? And if so, who do you ask for that special permission? Like, hey.
1: We surveyed 100 black people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And one of them said it was okay. So so we're good. We're
1: taking that as a yes. So it's a
0: yes.
1: I have a black friend. So like, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, we we know black people. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's weird. But I was just like, did I just say dick on (laughs) TV? I, I just... I, would, I wouldn't I would have been surprised if it was like HBO or even right. like AMC or FX or something. Like, it doesn't surprise me when they said the N-word on on uh, Sonny. But I could see how that's a weird thing.
1: It's just weird because they can't of, say fuck. Yeah, the omission of some and words. And shit
0: sometimes. Like, with Parks and Rec, they can't say shit. Right. But again, dick, I feel like, is worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, we've gotten away from like the seven curse words you can't say on TV. You yeah. know, like George Carlin bit we've talked about that before yeah um okay so i wanted to kind of dive in and start with something a little bit easier something a little more current for you okay and talk about your youtube channel that we were just trying to figure out for your camera um i <laughs> wanted know, my to
1: shitty camera
0: well hey you know um i didn't pick it
1: yeah it's still your fault though okay
0: so. <laughs> Sure. Um, what was your reasoning for starting it? I think I know a little bit, but maybe just elaborate on what, why you started it and what you plan to do it and use it for and all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, well, I am a writer. Mm -hmm. So for my entire life, basically since I was young, I've used writing as an outlet for just like my emotions and you know journaling to get stuff out of my head Mm -hmm. but i've always just been drawn to youtube yeah i've always just been drawn to it as a platform because it was i never really liked movies or like a-list celebrities really but youtube was like kind of like our own little community of that Mm -hmm. don't copy me (laughs) (laughs) um where it was like real people, you know what I mean? like you yeah. follow celebrities who are like in movies, but you're you're really only seeing the side of them that like their publicist wants you to see, sure, and with youtubers, it was like you're seeing basically all of them, to of course, extent. with some omission, yeah, but um, and it's just cool to see like you watch your favorite youtubers like go to the grocery store, and you're like, "This is amazing, this is so interesting, mm-hmm. but with celebrities in movies and stuff, it's like oh, we're seeing them on the big screen and that's it. Or like in interviews, whatever. I just always thought the platform of YouTube and its simplicity was very interesting. And some of my favorite people on YouTube I watched, like come into themselves and grow on the platform. So I was just interested in trying that for myself. And I'm always open to new ways of expressing myself and all that gay shit. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> okay I figured I'd try it and obviously as you know I'm an, I'm um interested in acting and performing mm-hmm. but I only really do that live like with theater and stuff so I wanted to like try that out in front of a camera like my little stupid characters that I do and stuff like that so
0: do you find yourself playing a character or do you try to be yourself when you're making those videos
1: I'm trying to strike a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. I like to I'm trying to plan out my videos in that way where it's like, okay, this week or this week and then three weeks later, because I can't I can't get it right yet. But um, one week I'll do like something kind of vulnerable and I'll talk about like my past dating relationships or something that's like real. And then next Mm -hmm. week it's like, get ready with me. I'm going to act like an idiot bitch or something, you know, just like something funny. And Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to just be one or the other. I want it to be a bit of both because sure. I think that's like who I am is like a balance of both of those things.
0: Yeah. I think that's, an, um, important. Cause like, obviously I, I, I started one a little bit. Um, obviously you're, you're pursuing it a bit more than I am. I, I, I kind of do it or I'm doing it for the same reasons of like, it's fun to just make stuff sometimes. Yeah. And, um, I think you mentioned to me, in another conversation where you kind of did it also to kind of document yourself a little oh, bit. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a little bit, but um, yeah, go ahead. And see.
1: Well, yeah, I think um, being someone who has horrible memory, mm-hmm. this was a way to like visually capture my life in a way that writing can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I just think it'd be really cool a really good thing to have like even 10 years from now to look back on these videos and remember like that exact moment of my life Mm -hmm. and even to watch the video and remember what it is I'm talking about in the video but then be like oh my gosh remember like filming that video that was so funny and like all these other things that happened and I just I wish that I had that kind of thing from like high school and those Mm -hmm. like memories that are kind of foggy in my head so I thought it would be a good idea to be able to document like the prime of my life right now in that way and YouTube isn't going anywhere, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I, there was a moment where I thought YouTube was going to kind of change when they introduced that YouTube Red. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be the downfall of like right. what we know is YouTube. And as of yet, I mean, YouTube Red has been around for what, two years, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't seemed to really affect anything. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot more content that like you have to pay for, but I really don't even, I, I've hardly ever, if if ever, even come in contact with a situation where it's like this is a you know a program where you have to pay for it or whatever yeah most of it is just because it's such an you know it doesn't cost you anything to upload it you really don't need really anything like you can upload a video that's a second long you can upload a video that's 24 hours of a cat that's like farting rainbows you know that video um, <laughs> yeah it just you know so like there's no limit really right. I, other than some curse words that we were just talking about like you can't <laughs> say or you know uh, nudity or something crazy right. like that i mean other than that you pretty much can do whatever you want i
1: mean yeah even with the curse words thing though like unless you're monetized you can really do whatever you want That's true. except for like copyright infringement like they'll take that down but at this point i'm when I started my channel, you can see in the first like two videos, I think too, like I'm really censoring myself. And like someone like you who knows me, you can really tell that. Yeah. <laughs> and then from then on, I was like, who cares? Like I'm not being monetized. There's nothing at stake here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm just going, I'm not going to censor myself because I don't believe in censoring myself in real life. So like, why should I do it on YouTube? And unless I'm making money from it, like, fuck you, I'm going to say what I want. <laughs> so sure. there aren't even that many limitations on that. Like you can literally make anything. There are videos of like a guy with a presumed dead body. And really? it's like, that's on YouTube. <laughs> so like what can't you right. make?
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure I think on YouTube there's even the remember a few years ago, there was like the terrorists that were like chopping heads off of like yeah. journalists and stuff? That's on YouTube. Exactly. You could just pull that up. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, no, YouTube's a cool platform and I I kind of wanted to do the thing or do it for the same reason. But the problem was um, I only want to do it if I have something interesting to say, like I'm not going to just do an interview or do a video and just talk about nothing. Right. You know, and that's why I was saying before where this is originally was going to be episode five and then it became episode four because the third episode originally it was just like me sitting literally like right where I'm sitting and like for 15 minutes just being like yeah so I got my film back and I did that like it was nothing <laughs> It contributed nothing to what I wanted out of this um so I got rid of it and uh and that's why this is episode four but yeah it's just it and this what we're doing right now is in my uh, mindset is a better way for me to do it Mm -hmm. because youtube obviously i'm i i make films and i make videos and stuff like that but this is so much easier for me to set up because i have the equipment i mean it took me five minutes to set this up my mic stays set up all the time that mic you're using again took me two two three minutes i had to grab a cord and i grabbed the mic and that was it and what's nice about it is we're recording interviews that are nice because it's nice because in a few years, people evolve, things like that. Your opinions might change. You might be like, I I fucking hate YouTube or (laughs) or whatever. Um, and so it's just nice to have that where you can, in the same way your videos are that you can kind of look back. Obviously you're just listening here and, and stuff like that. You can't see how physically you've changed, but people sound different. I know I sound different than I did a few years ago or whatever. Um, so it's kind of cool, but so what, what, um, Stupid shelf. Um <laughs> uh, what kind of uh content content were you thinking of making? You said you make sometimes silly things, some kind sometimes a little more serious. And do you like making both because it's kind of you were saying it's who you are and stuff yeah. like that? Um and is it is it easier that way, or do you do you kind of wish maybe you could stick to being one type of thing?
1: No, I like both. Yeah. I think Like I said, I like to make both because I think they are a culmination of who I am. And if I was just one, like I would be boring Mm -hmm. or I would. And I this is going to sound so pretentious, but like I know that I'm a special person. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just have a quality about myself that makes me like different and interesting. And I think that if I were to lose one of those aspects of myself, whether it be like the funny side or the like vulnerable real side, then I wouldn't be that person. So I really like that I'm I now have the ability to like capture that. And they're both very enjoyable to make because I think the more serious videos are which they haven't even gotten that serious yet. But I'm trying to veer it down that path. I'm easing my way into it. But they almost force me to like open up that side of myself which is not so easy for me and Mm -hmm. never really has been and like talk about things that maybe I don't want to talk about or face things that maybe I don't want to face and that kind of thing so it's just like I always say I with going to therapy like you don't realize half of the things that you're feeling or thinking until you're talking about it in the moment that's a lot of what these videos are for me they're very just like eye-opening and I I half the time I'm recording for like an hour and then I only upload like 15 minutes of it. But I love having that opportunity to just talk and realize and think things through and get it out of my body. And then like to be able to edit it and watch it back like that's that's very it's an enjoyable thing. And then with the funnier side, I just love to make myself laugh. And I think I'm the funniest person on earth. I'm so dumb and like just I don't know. I'm very like, I feel like, unless you know me, like you wouldn't think I'm funny, but then I also know that that's not true because I just know that I'm a funny person. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. Like I have that ability to make both of those types of videos because I don't think everybody has that.
0: Yeah. Do you find that, um, when you have to edit stuff, like you were, you were saying when your most recent video, there was a lot of times where you were just saying nothing, you were just putting, you were doing makeup or something. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that's easy to cut out, but do you ever find you know like something where you're like i really want to leave this in but it just doesn't work with the flow or yeah. or do you does it feel like you're kind of almost editing your life a yeah. little
1: bit yeah i had that a lot with the dating history video mm-hmm. because the actual recording of that was probably two or three times as long as what i cut it down to mm-hmm. And when you're faced with a situation like that, it's like, what do you cut out? Because all all of what I'm saying is relevant and mm-hmm. all of what I'm saying adds up to the bigger picture of my experience and who I am. So how do you pick and choose certain excerpts to cut out? And mm-hmm. that's really difficult because that's where you're brought down to the question of like, what version of myself do I want people to see or yeah. do I want to put on display? And what aspects of my life and my experiences do I deem? important enough to not cut out. Yeah. You know, so that's when it becomes difficult. But I think that also helps with how do I phrase it? I guess just like what I just said, kind of like realizing what's important, what's mm-hmm. more important and like certain things to focus on and all that stuff. So, so it's 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 also helping me be a better like reflector of my own life and hopefully down the line a better speaker because mm-hmm. I really feel like I'm not, and I'm very not a concise person. I, I, I'm rambling right now, but I'm hoping that this experience will help me with that too.
0: So it's, I mean, I had the question, and now it's like slipping my, main, my brain. Um, hmm. <laughs> is it, well, well I was going to ask, was there like a, any time where you were kind of like, maybe I should just leave it the full length, or is it kind of like, I'm sure... It, the, here's the question. Is it is it kind of therapeutic to just kind of it, it in a way almost like move on and just say this piece isn't important now and maybe now reflecting on it wasn't important then or is it make you realize it was important then?
1: Yeah, I think it's through the mainly through the editing process of like what I made like eight videos or something mm-hmm. Um at first I felt like I'm editing so much out. Like I need to learn to say less and like pick what I'm saying very carefully. But then shortly after that, I realized that that's not true. I can sit here and talk for two hours and say whatever I want. It's just giving me more work in the end and more time, you know, that I have to edit. But it's not about cutting myself off because it is therapeutic in the moment I think it's very much a lot of what I was just talking about it's very self-reflective and a good opportunity for me to open up in ways that I previously wouldn't have and -hmm. then cut half of it out like it's not it's not that everything I'm saying has to be heard by somebody or put in the video necessarily but it's helpful for me and then the end product is always fun for me to watch because it's like it's a version of what I was saying and a version of what I was intending, but it's always like better than I expected. Mm -hmm. Does that sound like conceited?
0: (laughs) No, no, it it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's essentially the spark notes or the abridged version of, of what you were talking about. But I think as long as you keep, you know, these main points in there of like, I'll use your dating video, for example, like you hit every person, maybe you spent a little more time on one person over the other. And maybe that's partly because maybe your relationship was longer than the other, but also because you just don't have now looking back and reflecting back, you just don't have a a lot to say about them. It was just, this is what it was. You know, it was however many years ago or how much time. And, you know, I've now moved past it or whatever the case may be. So you don't need to spend that much time on it. So when you look back on it years from now, you might sit there and go, Mm, I wish you know I saw the full version but then you kind of have to think like no clearly I cut it out for a reason right. it wasn't it didn't need to be in there I right. mean it's like any movie where you know I I know the most recent Star Wars movie the the director was like there's a lot of great scenes that we just had to cut out and doesn't mean they're bad scenes that just doesn't work with the overall narrative right. and it's kind of in the same way where what I said doesn't necessarily mean it's bad what I said. But it's not needed to tell my dating history, my whatever history right. or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I, I I do look forward to those videos. Hey. Um, I think they're fun. So thanks. Yeah. I wanna switch a little bit and I wanna talk about um acting for you and what that's kind of meant for you and how it's kind of evolved. Um a little neck crack there. <laughs> um, how it's kind of evolved <clears throat> and you know, what what was your kind of like foot in the door with it
1: well as again conceited as this may sound it's okay i've always been somebody that has craved attention Mm -hmm. and has just been like a very natural performer ever since i was young i mean i spent the first like 10 real years of my life putting that into softball, and it, it came out that way of like, I want to be the best, so I have to be the pitcher, because that's the most important uh, position, and I need to get the most attention that I can, and like praise that I can, so I'll be the pitcher, and then once sophomore year of high school, no, freshman year of high school came around, I realized that that wasn't fulfilling that void for me, like that wasn't what I wanted, and I realized that the perfect place to get attention is on a stage. <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm so annoying. Um, But basically, once high school started, um, my friend Sarah was part of a singing group that I, like, weaseled my way into and became friends with all these people that were, like, two and three years older than me that were all, like, theater people and musical theater fanatics. And Mm -hmm. I'd have to say my first, like, shocking moment into that realm was watching the musical my freshman year where all my friends were in it. And I wasn't because I wasn't involved in that stuff yet, which was Into the Woods. And I was just like, holy shit, like this. It was the most magical thing I'd ever seen. Like just this. Per- and I've seen musicals before. Like I was in I auditioned for musicals in middle school, and whatever. I was in chorus and all that stuff. But it was just such a like epiphany for me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I could just see The people on stage playing these characters and although they weren't playing themselves they were pouring so much of themselves into it and i just knew that that was the outlet that i needed like that was the attention i wanted that was the platform i wanted to do it on and it was just like the most beautiful experience that i've ever had and have had ever through theater um and that was just the moment i knew
0: as is it it the same feeling now that you're more or less performing or is it, has it changed at all?
1: I think the central f- passion, like right in the core of my body for theater will never change. Mm-hmm. It's just this like burning desire and like love for this thing that I I just know will never go away. Mm-hmm. I think the means of it has changed over the years, which has warped other th- pieces of it. Because in high school, it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I worked at it, of course, but I was like handed roles because I was lucky enough to be one of the talented people in that community in high school. So although I was working my ass off, I was very fortunate to be one of the most talented people that of course was going to get those roles if I auditioned for them. And then I stepped out of high school and spent four years away from theater because I was terrified of like real world theater, Mm -hmm. and then came back to it in the form of community theater and wasn't handed roles right off the bat. I wasn't given leads or this like red carpet to walk out on. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm amazing. Why am I not given these roles that I deserve? And that was a big shock for me, like a big slap in the face of like, you're not all that you think you are and this isn't high school and you need to earn your keep. You mm-hmm. need to get in line because there are people that have been working on this for years and so that has changed for me in a good way realizing that like yeah, you're talented, but you still need to work your ass off and mm-hmm. you need to learn that there are people that are just as talented and more talented than you that have like done their time and put the work in and you still have to put that work in. Right. But the general like love of theater has never changed Mm
0: -hmm. and I mean you've talked about this before of like um with comedy with with more dramatic roles you said you seem to like comedy roles and stuff like that yeah why is that
1: well like I said before I think I just have a quality about me that makes me a naturally funny person okay Because I'm (laughs) hilarious. Wow, this is really coming off all very conceited. But um, I just find, like, uh, comedic roles to be more fun Mm -hmm. because of the simple aspect of comedy makes anything more fun to me because I like to laugh. Mm -hmm. And for me, comedic roles have always just been more of a challenge because I think... Um, understanding like comedic timing and the depth of how to make a character funny is a lot harder than to just play someone who is sad you know which is completely the opposite viewpoint of some people they might think yeah it's easy to be funny but it's hard to like be sad and you know that kind of thing right but to me it's just that's what I believe it's not everybody has that natural ability to be funny and I think that I do with, you know, the work on top of it, of course, but it's just there's such a light to the comedic characters, especially when you're in a show like Les Mis that I did in high school and everybody's dying and everybody's sad. And then there's Madame Tenardier and her husband who are trying to rob everybody and are just the, you know, the comedic relief and the loofs of the show. And everybody's coming up to you after and like, you were so funny and like, You're just like the light in the darkness in a lot of shows in that way. And like Mm -hmm. same with Sweeney Todd. Like Mrs. Lovett is just so funny. And it's not always a conventional ha ha. You're hilarious. Funny. But it's in a show that's filled with these themes of death and sadness and pain. You're the thing that's bringing light into the show. Mm -hmm. And I've just always been drawn to that. Again, I think a lot of people would see that in other roles like the love interests and the love storylines of a show or what bring the light to it, but I don't care about any of that. I just care about making people laugh. Right. So that's that's just always what I've been drawn to.
0: I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I don't act. What? Well, I was going to say I don't act nearly the way you do. I don't do th- I have never done theater. Thought about it before, but I never no, done. It. Um, you and uh but I I I do find myself enjoying making people laugh I mean we've obviously known one another a long time and I was going to bring up um junk show (laughs) Uh, and so even from a young age I found myself and it it comes from my dad um he uh, growing up he was always very funny to me Mm. still is very funny to me um and it was always in a way it was kind of like if I'm funny, he'll think, you know, like he'll like me more right, or something right, like right. that. Um, I think he would he, he would like me either way, but that's just how I felt. And so I was just like, let me be funny. And also my my entire family, my on his side, you know, cousins and all that stuff, were all just very naturally funny. And it was just like, you know, sarcastic. And if you have to kind of keep up, otherwise you're just going to get right. your chops busted all the time. So you have to be able to <clears throat> be quick witted and everything. So, yeah, coming from that, I've always felt like, Um, And I was talking to Heather about this before where we were talking about roles and how she doesn't like to see herself back on in like photos or something. And I was saying that same thing with video. Uh, But I I said that comedy roles, I don't mind watching myself as much, just being silly and and stuff like that. Whereas if I'm trying to be like serious, I can't take myself being serious. Right, right.
1: I'm so the same way.
0: Yeah. So... Like, uh, I gave her two examples of like two films or whatever, one where I had to play like a, a basically a silly character, a Charlie from sunny, a, yeah. that type of, you know, kind of dumb, but like charming yeah. character. Um, and then, which I liked, you know, I, I could pull it up right now and not be like, yeah, that sucks. You right, know? Right. I, I'd be like, I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, um. Somebody had to be the dumb character, and I was like, "I'll do it." You know? <laughs>
1: it's always me. I'll yeah, take it. I'll
0: take it. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I another project which didn't get finished, and the footage got lost, and that's a whole other thing. But um, that one, I played like a loose version of myself. Both of them, actually, funny enough, were both supposed to be like exaggerated versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. but like kind of polar different directions. Oppos- yeah. yeah. One was again very funny, silly. You know. Not the brightest uh, bulb in the in the batch or whatever, and then on the other hand, <laughs> bulb, in the bulb in the batch. I was. Good. I, like, I like sharpest tool in the shed, but a <laughs> bulb came out right, uh, right, right. so brightest okay. or whatever, so I went with it. You know, sometimes I start a sentence and then
1: shut up, <laughs>
0: Michael Scott. Um. Anyway, that's the
1: office. Yeah, you should watch it. It's on Netflix. This is ASMR the office version. Okay. Go yeah.
0: Ahead. <laughs> um and then on the other and on the other hand I was playing like a version where you know um he his char- the character like he didn't go out a lot and he was a bit more recluse and like um that use that work correctly? Yeah, I think so like homebodyish yeah. kind of. Um and it was kind of like him and his friends like last ditch effort to like let's have a good right. college experience or whatever. And there's supposed to be a scene at the, towards the end which we filmed Um, where I'm supposed to be like kind of pouring my heart out of like, I never get to do anything. And mostly because of my own choice and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there and I recorded, and I did my best. Obviously, again, I'm not any actor by any means. I wanted somebody to play me. I didn't want to do it originally. I was just going to direct. Um, and then had that movie finished and we put it out. I probably would never show you it because I feel like, <laughs> you know, the whole yeah. movie, Um, I I, um, I, I called Patrick ass face at one point. I'm mm-hmm. like, later ass face. I'm like, who is this person? Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah, right. I don't say that. Um, The most, the closest thing about that character to me was the fact that he wears a hat backwards. And that was like my own decision and a black shirt. And I was like, well, that, wow. I made that decision on my own.
1: A lot of similarities.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm like. Uh, it, I mean, it was essentially it was it was written somewhat off of me, but anyway. But yeah, so the comedy one I like a lot, um, and now I just don't do it at all if I can help it. I let yourself or uh, Christine or whoever right. do it. And I'll right. just uh I'll direct. <laughs> you know, it's funny enough. This Pearly Gates project has come up in every episode so far. Really? Yeah, every episode. Wow.
1: Am I famous yet?
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, the the plan is to shoot it. On the 17th, weather permitting um, Probably at Snowball I was okay. looking at it, I think it's going to look good And we're just turning this into a casual <laughs> meeting
1: <laughs> um, Thanks for attending, guys
0: Yeah, um, all everyone here? Okay, um, <laughs> okay. No, and then, and then probably release it On April 1st Because one, it's April Fool's Day And two, it's Easter So that should go wow. over really well
1: Can't wait to go straight to hell <laughs> No detour
0: Yeah Um, but we're going to, it's going to evolve a little bit because we're going to axe the table desk thing completely. And it's going to be more, more of like her, maybe not necessarily in heaven, but more her just kind of like, you know, like in a trance or in a, like a, um, like a vision kind of thing.
1: Like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an
0: out of body experience or something like that and then maybe like stuck
1: in purgatory in between death and and yeah 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 like
0: and then you could have it like she like wakes up or something and like at the end where it's like and like gets to live or you know something like that i'm gonna i'm gonna tweak it a little bit um
1: or i stab her hear me out i stab her in the heart at the end right and she dies for real right and we film
0: it and then it turns out um saint peter's a, 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 a murderer, murderer. <laughs> like a hardcore murderer <laughs> and maybe you drag her and this could be my cameo you just drag her into like a body or pile of bodies yes and like yeah and Perfect. it just a pile of bodies we're all just bloodied up and stuff and
1: we could kill you know. real people sure <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't record that
0: yeah well too late um it doesn't delete it's it's digital so
1: oh can't take it out oh okay yeah okay.
0: um
1: last thing let we're
0: at 35 minutes that's pretty good it's not bad yeah uh, i know we're gonna try to keep this one shorter after coming up with two hours and 10 minutes yeah
1: i guess i'm just not as interesting as heather so no
0: i mean if you have something but i, I we're kind of kind of breezing through the stuff i wanted to hit pretty quickly um I was going to talk about your writing a little bit, and uh, <laughs> okay, are you ready? <laughs> um, I'm just hitting all the uh, all the uh, chords here, right? Striking yeah. all the chords. Yeah. So, what does that make you feel? Um, the most cliche therapy question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the for for writing, you kind of mentioned it a little bit towards the beginning of like what got you into, it, but it, what was kind of your start to like? Say, like, I think writing stories or writing whatever you write, novel, whatever is something I could see myself doing. What was your Oh,
1: mind? you want to get real, Danny?
0: <laughs> as real as you're willing to go. All I right. Guess.
1: Well, I'll be honest. Um, I guess this one time. I haven't been honest this whole part.
0: <laughs> Everything is wrong.
1: Not one truth I actually to this. don't act ever. <laughs> My name isn't Meg. Yes. Um
0: I hate humor and only make jokes at all. <laughs>
1: Well, my mom was a writer Okay. and she was a very big reader. She would breeze through like two books a day, like an wow. actual savant. Mm. Um, but she used to write like poetry and did a lot of journaling and did some short story writing and stuff. So I think it, a lot of it is genetic. I got a lot of those traits passed down to me. But when I was very young, I just remember like reading so much. I mean, actually, just this yesterday was Monday, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We were in a different school because of power outage, whatever. And our class was held in the library at the elementary school. And I was just looking through all the books. Like, I read that. I read that. It was like 90% of the books that I saw. I remembered reading them as a kid Mm -hmm. because that's all I did was read with my mom. Um, And then I grew up and realized that I loved reading and I still do and I always will. But I wanted to... The feelings and emotions and, like, m- being moved by the art that I was reading, I wanted to do that to people. Mm. And I wanted to—I <clears throat> I didn't want to keep absorbing other people's stories. I wanted to get my own out, you know? Like, I, I wanted to put myself in a piece of art and have somebody else read it and think, like, oh, I relate to this or this moves me because of this. And— <coughs> Reading has just been such an important part of who I am. I have like tattoos from books and I have related to so many books in my life that have actually helped me understand myself better. And it was just always such a goal in my life to be able to do that for somebody else. Um, Because I think such an important part of the human experience is like being able to relate to one another and understand that you're not alone. You're not just this individual nebulous thing floating around in the universe by yourself you're amongst people who are very much the same as you at the end of the day whether you have differences in beliefs or whatever it may be we're all very much the same and we've all been through a lot of the same things which was always important for me to understand as a person who grew up in a unhealthy living environment Mm -hmm. who felt like I was the only one that has ever experienced anything like this in my life and no one's ever going to understand me so it was just always so moving to read books that other people had written that I related to and understand like oh this person like knows me (laughs) like knows what I've gone through and that helped get me through the hardest times in my life and I want to be able to do that for other people whether it's just short story writing or novels down the line that's a goal of mine do
0: you find that you're almost like uh and it sounds like I already know the answer but does it seem like you're kind of paying it forward by doing it of like I read this book so now and this it it related to me in this way and now I know I can relate to this person who I probably will never meet but like this type of person down the road is it you know it it, is that like the kind of the feeling you get yeah
1: I am a firm believer in no act is truly selfless because Mm -hmm. even something that's considered selfless is always selfish in some way in terms of this. Yeah, I want to be able to give people the experience that I've had with reading, but it's also completely selfish. I want to know that I did that for somebody. You know, I want to be fulfilled because of that. And I will be, you know, just knowing even one person like feels that type of way about a thing that I've written that I've felt about other things that will fulfill me, that will make me feel good and make me feel like I made a difference. And I put my not so good experiences to a good use kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? So yes, it is paying it forward, but I'm not trying to sit here on my pedestal thinking that I'm better than everybody, you know, because yeah. it's not like that.
0: Right. Um, and is it, that's such a good question.
1: <laughs> that, I'm start, just so interesting that you forgot it. So. Yeah. Well,
0: cause like I, I keep it in my brain, but I also want to like acknowledge what right. you're saying and like process it. So yeah. then I'm like, and then it's just, like, good <laughs> it flies away. Um, I have to like start writing it down yeah, or something. You, you know? should take notes. Yeah. Like, Hmm. Okay. So
1: five like minutes like a real ago, therapist. <laughs>
0: yeah. Five minutes ago you said, this. no, I, I, I don't want this to be like necessarily a therapeutic session or something yeah. like that. Um, for anybody, not just yourself, but like, if that's what it becomes, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Then so be it. But like, (laughs) um, oh man, what was I going to say? Oh, I remember now. Have you shared any of your stuff before? Do you still kind of like keep it for yourself?
1: Oh yeah. I've, I've shared plenty of my stuff. I mean, I've, You know, I'm 19 years into college at this point (laughs) and I haven't graduated yet, but um, I've taken plenty of creative writing classes and Mm -hmm. I don't think you can grow as a writer without being vulnerable as a writer. And that was something I learned. Very quickly that I wasn't going to evolve without like being honest with myself and my readers, whether they were peer readers or not, or, you know, a teacher or whatever, but. You have to put things into your art to get things out of your art. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I learned that uh, you got to talk about the real shit and (laughs) you got to you got to write the real shit to evolve and eventually get to wherever it is that you want to be, because there's no way at all that within the past five years or within the next five years or 10 years that I could not share those pieces with other people and ultimately write that big moving thing you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it just wouldn't happen so and I've gotten so much out of sharing that side of myself with people through my writing and people that are dense or that don't know me per se might read a lot of my stuff and be like wow you're depressing and this is (laughs) horrible to read but you know you gotta write what you feel and It's very much circling back like the YouTube thing. It's my way of getting those things out of my body and processing them and dealing with them in a very beautiful way and hopefully ultimately to help other people with that. So
0: do you write to uh, like with a person in mind or do you just kind of or like a type of person in mind with the stories or do you just kind of like whatever, like kind of just go into it?
1: As in, like, readers or characters?
0: Um, Readers. Like, someone who would read this and, like, relate to it? Or do you just kind of, like, try to appeal to as many people?
1: Um, I think it it depends Mm -hmm. with the story. But generally, yeah, I have, like, a specific reader in mind, I guess. Because... I think everybody does who's writing something real. You know, if you're writing about domestic violence, you're hoping that somebody that has dealt with domestic violence will read this and understand it and be moved by it. Sure. And I feel that way about a lot of what I'm writing. So I don't even necessarily I mean, you know, my story, but like I don't even necessarily need to write about an alcoholic mom who had Alzheimer's for somebody to like understand that that's the internal message of like a neglected child or a, like, strained mother-daughter relationship. You know, like, it doesn't have to be an exact, like, oh, your mom didn't have Alzheimer's? Then you won't understand this, you right, know? Right, but right. it's just the general, usually with my writing, um, a lot of mother-daughter relationships or just a lot of mental illness. People who struggle with that will relate. <clears throat> but a lot of times I try and keep it, more general. So just, you know, anyone who's dealt with any type of pain will at least some way relate. You -hmm. know, you may not get to the ultimate core message, but, you know, I've been through pain in my life. So like, I can relate to this in that way, that it's painful Mm -hmm. because a lot of my writing is very depressing. I don't (laughs) think I've ever written like a happy ending in my life. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) one day I'll get there once I experience one myself, but yeah.
0: So I look forward to your beach story then.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be a happy ending. <laughs> a we all ending. drown in the end.
0: Oh, great. I can't wait to read that as you. <laughs> just kidding. You drown at the end.
1: Yeah, um, I'm writing it to you because yeah. I'm going to kill you, Danny.
0: The mother <clears throat> is your, or the ocean is your mother, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, right. What's, uh, what do you want out of the future? Oh,
1: that's broad. <laughs> 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 to be happy. No, I'm just kidding. I hate that answer. Me too. And I'll tell you why, Dan, okay. why I hate that answer, okay. because happy is not a uh, a goal. It's not a long term thing. It's very moment to moment. Happy is an emotion. It's not a state of being.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: although I grew up 20 years saying, I want to be happy, <sighs> that's not actually a goal of mine anymore. My goal is to do to do things and find things that make me happy Mm-hmm. Um, But to understand that I'm not always going to be happy and that doesn't take away from those moments of happiness and that doesn't make me a failure or any less than anyone else. But I've also just been a person that's felt like I needed to have like every moment of my life planned out or every moment of my future planned out for me to be successful. And I'm finally coming to a point in my life where I'm understanding that that's not true. Mm -hmm. I have certain goals that I want to achieve. Like I'd like to write a book or a few one day, but it doesn't have to be as specific as I want to be an author for a living. And that's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just very open to the future and I can't control it. And I can't always know what's going to happen, obviously. So I'm just learning to be very very fluid, very go with the flow. You know, Mm -hmm. I have certain goals and things that I'd like to achieve, but I know that in the end, if those certain goals aren't achieved, that doesn't mean that I'm a failure, you know? So it's just, uh, very open for me. See what happens. Ultimately, though, the only thing that really matters to me is that I end up on the beach one day and never leave, and I never have to experience a flake of snow, and I'll have a thousand dogs. No, just kidding. But yeah, I just want to be somewhere warm and with people that I love. So
0: Okay, ready for one more big broad question?
1: (laughs) Okay, great.
0: Why is life a roller coaster?
1: What does that mean?
0: Emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually, whatever.
1: Is there like an actual answer to this no, that I should know?
0: No, no, no. I'm just curious why why do you think we we have these moments of ups and downs instead of just being all great or all
1: Because just as the cliche would say, mm-hmm. without bad there is no good. A
0: yin yang. Exactly. Well, it's yin
1: yang. There's no g at the end of yin, but um it can be. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look um, it up. Um go ahead. But seriously, right, but I'm, I'm definitely right, Dan. I'm definitely right. But go ahead and look it up. I'll wait.
0: <laughs> You're going to wait. Yeah, okay. I'm
1: going to wait. Just wait and see everybody that I'm right
0: and Danny is fucking right. It is.
1: It is what? Yin-yang. Okay, thank you. Anyway. I always thought
0: it was like yin-yang. Like uh, Anyway, doesn't it's matter. It's one of
1: those... Uh,
0: mispronounced. Thing.
1: Yeah. People are stupid and then they teach people to I be see. stupid. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let's get real again as somebody who's been on nothing but a very low swing of a roller coaster for a very long time and didn't understand why things were so terrible and why anything has to be terrible ever. I wouldn't want to like I had just said I wouldn't want things to always be great. I don't want to always be happy because they're th- the best thing about happy moments or achievements or accomplishments is that you've been at a lower position before and you understand that things could be worse and things have been worse and that this is a great moment for x reasons so i think that's why life is a roller coaster because Hmm. if you're just going up what's the point you know it's boring yeah. Where are you going? You're ultimately going to go into the sun and you're going to burn to death and die, basically.
0: <laughs> okay, sure.
1: That's the quote. Okay. Roller
0: coaster. <laughs> All of what you just said. And then exactly. end quote.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just babbling at this point. Yeah. Mm, All thanks.
0: Right. What, what would you change if you could?
1: About my life? hmm I don't really have any, like, big regrets or changes that I'd want to make. I think just small little things like, hey, you shouldn't have spent a thousand dollars on this one thing or a hundred dollars on this one thing. You should have put it in your savings account. Hmm. You didn't need that comforter. You could have just saved the money. Right. But that's just me as a poor, broke 24 year old who wants money. Uh but yeah, I really don't have any big changes as So many stupid mistakes that I've made in my life and just things that, like, could have been avoided and whatever. I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. And the path that I went on, whether it was rocky or smooth, led me to where I am now. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. And that's how it'll continue. I'm going to keep making mistakes and doing stupid things. And life isn't always going to be perfect. And maybe I should have done things differently at this point. But, like, really, how true is that? Because... You know, you are where you're supposed to be.
0: Are we or should we have regrets in life?
1: I think if you killed someone, you should regret that. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Of course, things aren't always that black and white. You know, you can't say that. Yes, we should or no, we shouldn't because things are gray, Mm -hmm. which is a very misunderstood thing. And it's very. Difficult for someone like me with mental illness to understand that there are gray areas because I'm a very extreme person. Either I'm perfect or I'm horrible. I need regrets or I don't have regrets. So I'm at a point now where I'm learning, thankfully, that that's not true. Things are gray. And, yeah, sometimes you can regret things if you hurt somebody. But maybe down the line, you don't need to regret that because it ultimately led you to be closer or Mm -hmm. something. You know, like, whatever. So you you would say—
0: It's important to make amends or is it sometimes just like you got to cut that cord?
1: It depends. Mm -hmm. Um, I think whether you decide to make amends with someone or not, the the thing that's important to understand is recognizing when you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you need to make amends with somebody. I've done plenty of people wrong in my life. Mm -hmm. trust me I've been a bad person in my life but that doesn't mean that I have to go become friends with them again Mm -hmm. it's just an understanding of you know that you did this thing wrong you treated this person poorly and learning to deal with that and forgive yourself for it and move on and for different people or different circumstances maybe it requires a an apology or a, a rekindling but I don't think always situational
0: yeah i think that could be said about just about anything i mean it all in the end it really depends mm-hmm. on stuff and it depends where you're at and and the type of people you're surrounding yourself with and and all that kind of stuff which kind of made me think do you find it um i keep coming up with questions that I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap it up but also like want to end on a I'm note. i'm just so interesting so it must be um <laughs> uh do you find it better to have uh, fewer better friends or like a lot of just like casual friends in different areas of life?
1: Well, Dan, as someone who has two friends, <laughs> I think that pretty <laughs> much answers it. it. Yeah. No, yeah, of course. Fewer special, close, uh, connected relationships are much more important than a bunch of, you know, bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, fake unimportant friendships Mm -hmm. which is something I think just you learn with age because we grow up in a society where popularity is the most important thing and you need to have this amount of friends to be important and to be validated and you learn with time that that's not true Mm -hmm. Um, because I used to I was never popular don't get me wrong but I used to have a large group of friends but I would never like trade that for what I have now with two or three friends in my life, because those are obviously just so much more meaningful three friends who really understand you as a person than 20 friends who only know you as this like fake person that you're putting on to keep all those friends. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I also, and we've talked about this before, I think on one of our beach trips, um, where, you know, people kind of come and go Mm -hmm. in your life and stuff like that. And somebody who you thought, would be your best friend forever turned out to not be. And then somebody that came in a year ago ends up having more of an impact than somebody, again, that was 10 years long or something like that. And not obviously, that's not always the case. But it seems like, you know, you you just never know. And to sit there and think, you know, like, oh, this person who I've known forever, we're going to be friends forever. And I can't wait to, you know, plan this with them and blah, blah, blah. Um, the sun house or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But, I uh, That's um, an
1: inside joke, guys.
0: Yeah. Maybe one day you can be part of one. Yeah, I don't maybe. Know. Um,
1: I'd love to be part of one.
0: Yeah. I love inside jokes. Maybe one day I'll be part <laughs> of one. Um, office again. Second oh, yeah. Reference. It's an
1: office thing. Yeah.
0: Um, but then, you know, and then again, you have this person who maybe you met a week ago, but you've hung out for this entire week and you're just like this person. You know, right. is exactly what I need. Oh, Ooh. I made it through the whole show until now. Um, or you know, is this is the exact person that I need right now?
1: Exactly. And then yes. you know,
0: and maybe they need you right at that moment, and then that's it, and then you split, and you know, you're gone in the wind. Or, you know. Oh. You guys- <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's important to understand too. Is like we have this preconceived notion. <clears throat> excuse me that relationships only have validity or importance based on their length mm-hmm. but that's not true i think people come into your life at the time they're meant to and stay for the length of time that they're supposed to like f- you for instance i can't fucking get rid of <laughs> after 20 years yeah um but you know i've had experiences experiences with other people where they've only been in my life for 6 months but they have been some of the most important people in my life and have made <clears throat> some of the most integral changes to me as a person, you know? So it's not always about who's been there the longest. It's who's made the deepest impact.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, that's like the quote to end on right there. I don't think there's any, there's no topping. In my yeah. pretentious
1: voice. Yeah. It's not who's stayed the longest. It's who's made <laughs> the deepest <laughs>
0: You can't even finish. I
1: can't. Just cut me out of the whole podcast.
0: It'll just be me talking to asking nothing. questions yeah. to no one. Yeah. So what is life a roller coaster? Just silence. <laughs> it's like
1: meta or something.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, it's I'm asking the audience. Right. And right. then
1: and they can answer. But I'm us. like
0: Dora the Explorer, where I just sit here and wait for their answer. It's like, what did we learn today? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but i love it i've seen videos where they do that where somebody's like watching dora or something and be like where should we go and it's like fucking home bitch yeah. and then they're like that's right <laughs> right oh uh, man that cracks me up but um anyway i think we're gonna make like your camera and just say bye bye okay
1: all right <laughs> you went too far dan
0: <gasps> why i bringing it back i'm just kidding anyway
1: that's fine thanks for having me
0: you're very welcome you know we were talking about this uh when i did the episode with heather where people at the end they You know, in interviews I've heard and stuff, they go, "Oh, thanks for having me." It's like, how how many, how many times do you think they're full of shit? Where they're just like, "Thanks for having me." Oh,
1: definitely all the time. And then the
0: mics are off and just like, peace. Yeah, bye.
1: Yeah, because with most like actual interviews, they didn't want to be there. It's like a their publicist set up. Like a press junket or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. and you could usually tell, and especially when like they've been doing it all day because the backdrop is the same and like they just switch out the interviewer, but they're asking the same fucking questions. (laughs) Yep. And you're like, "Yeah I guess, and then, oh yeah, thanks Ryan. you could know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. tell, but um, I appreciate you coming on. This was very fun,,
1: okay.
0: and um, look for the next episode. I have no idea when that's gonna be because I'm already out of friends, so um,
1: <laughs> see fewer friends, Danny, it's better, right. except yeah, but, for your YouTube and podcast career,
0: yeah, and then it's like and done. <laughs> oh over four episodes, he had a four episode career. They'll be. I'll be on an episode of What Happened or uh, Where did Where are they now? Four or Hit something. Wonder.
1: Yeah. That's what they'll call you.
0: Yep, that's me. That is me.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Okay.
0: God>. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.